Hey, it's Matt Franco. And this is Eric Dittleman, and this is Mind Over Magic. Big day today. We have a very special guest. Star yeah. from television, right? From America's Got Talent, from Wild and Now. Uh, he's got a new comedy album called Unemotional Roller Coaster. It's Jacob Williams. Comedian Jacob Williams is joining us in the Zoom studio. Uh, thanks for, for joining us, Jacob. Glad thanks you're here. For, yeah, thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Good to see you both. Now, we didn't mention that uh, also f- former roommate of mine. Yes. That's one of your credits. <laughs> that, that's what I always tell people when I do a comedy show. I'm like, mention that I was Eric Dittleman's roommate. <laughs> I'm offended because I was your roommate too, but it was just for like one or two nights in a hotel once. So you should use right. my name instead now when you say that. Well, yeah, we we asked Matt if he wanted to be the third roommate, but he's like, well, I want America's Got Talent. I'm, I'm too big a deal now. I <laughs> <laughs> that's That's a false story, but I would have said that. <laughs> so yeah thanks for coming on the podcast uh we want to just uh let the the listeners know a little bit about you and the way we do this on our show is uh rather than doing thorough research uh because we are very lazy uh <laughs> we just kind of guess what we well, we say what we think we know about your background and uh if we are wrong or you want to if we're like majorly wrong, like jump in and correct us. But uh, if we, we get a small, few small details wrong, I think that's okay. Street sounds great. Do you want to start? Because I, I think I could start like back back to where you grew up. Ch- Chicago. No, you were. You were uh, uh, Kentucky. R- Kentucky, right? <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. I grew up in Louisville, Kentucky. Yeah. Yeah. And then you moved to Chicago for school. Uh, moved to Wisconsin for school, started doing comedy there, but then, yeah, I met the main first comedy scene I did was Chicago. Yeah. Cause I know you were living in Chicago, I think when we met, uh, yeah. and, uh, you, you kind of cut your teeth, so to speak, you said in Wisconsin and then that whole Midwest comedy scene. Uh, and then, uh, we met on America's Got Talent. Yes. Was that, were you still in Boston at the time? Were I was you? in Boston. Yeah. I was in oh, Massachusetts. Cool. Yeah. So we, you were in Boston. I was in Chicago. And then we eventually both ended up in New York. But yeah, yeah we met on America's Got Talent. Yeah. Absolutely. Season seven. Season yeah. seven. And we were both semifinalists. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, you were one of two comedians that like made an impact on that season. And uh, I think we met in the, <laughs> was it the judges round? Like the judges cut in <laughs> Vegas? Yeah, we did the round in Vegas, which I was not a super into as a comedian because there was no audience. And I'm like, I don't know how <laughs> I'm going to get laughs without an audience. But uh, now that just prepared you for the Zoom shows we're doing now. Yeah, and then 2020 it happened. It was perfect for quarantine comedy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So then but then after AGT, that was your big break, just well, like it we, was we my skipped, AGT. Oh, you want to go back college here. Oh. We skipped college. I just want to throw in Wisconsin Beloit College. Yes. Wow. Uh, that's where I went to college. Uh, met, I believe, I think both of you have performed there. And uh, yeah, great school. I got to go back uh, not too long ago. It was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, it was a good place to get started because everyone was like very supportive, I think. So I was, I probably sucked at comedy, but they made me feel like it was going well. So I got delusional <laughs> to keep doing it. <laughs> well, I love your comedy. You know that. It's been. Uh... Ever since I first saw that first audition, you know, I've always loved what you do. And then and then you've gone on to do other things, obviously, obviously since then. Not a one-hit wonder, this guy. 
I think the next thing, though, the next thing was Wildin' Out with Nick Cannon, right? Yes, I think so. Yeah, that was um, the next thing I did after America's Got Talent. And now that wasn't short-lived. How many seasons? I think I was on about nine seasons. Crazy. Can can we say beloved on that show? (laughs) (laughs) Would you describe Uh, yourself as beloved? Maybe. Uh, yeah, I may, I don't know if anyone would say that about it. I, I, I was, I'm always wondering how people think of me on that show. And I found out recently, I think, because I was, I was doing a Zoom show and someone accidentally unmuted themselves. And, and his friend was like asking him what he was watching on Zoom. He's like, what are you watching? He's like, oh, it's the corny white guy from Wild and Out. <laughs> and his friend's like, oh, is it funny? He's like, it's kind of funny. And I was like, hey, the corny white guy from Wild Now can hear you right now. So, <laughs> I felt like I was like seeing like a, like hearing a YouTube comment live or something. It was very awkward. <laughs> Did this actually happen? This really this happened. Is, this, this is, is not a bit, just this to clarify for people. Totally true story. <laughs> wow. In the middle of a Zoom show, people sometimes don't realize if they're muted or not. I think he literally just accidentally unmuted. Either that or he was just brilliant and was like doing a burn while pretending like he thought that I couldn't hear him, which would be very impressive. But no, I think he literally just did not realize everyone could hear him say that. Now, what was this Zoom show? You're doing a comedy Zoom show? Yeah, I think that one, it might have been a college gig or like a younger crowd like that. And so it was just, um, yeah, I ran some show like that. Did I see you were doing some comedy outside? I think I saw that on social media. Yeah, I've been doing some shows in parks. And that can be weird too. Like sometimes I think it's going well. And then I realize the laughter I heard is just people having fun on a picnic. So <laughs> <laughs> that's going to be tough. That's going to be like a nightmare of a gig for a stand up comedian. It can be tough. Yeah, I'm just trying to look at it as a learning experience. And uh, we'll, yeah, just trying to get better and keep doing it however we can in a safe way during this time. So. In, in other words, if you can kill there, you can you can work anywhere. Hopefully. I hope so. I mean, I'm not working anywhere, so we'll see. But uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know you've oh, done um, uh, Comedy Central uh, with Adam Devine's show. What was that one called? Adam Devine's house party. Yeah, that was so much fun. Yeah, that was in Hawaii. Uh, he's so great, such a good actor, and he got to let us do these acting scenes with him and stand up. So that was that was a really fun week. And just going to Hawaii, I'd never been there, so that was a that was a. Fun I remember week. that. Yeah, I remember that. That was great. Very cool. And uh, was uh, roast battle also Comedy Central? Yeah, that was yeah. Uh, Comedy Central. I think I had a joke or two that um, ended up on there. Uh, we taped that in Atlanta and. Um, that was a lot of fun. Um, and uh, yeah, and, uh, and Eric, I don't know if people know how good Eric is at roasting as well. Like I was doing a Star Wars roast once and he gave me this great joke about, I think I was roasting Luke Skywalker and you're like, oh, you should say like, this is the most you've been, the most roasting that's happened. I'm butchering it now, but like the most <laughs> roasting since you found like Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> I totally butchered it, but it was a really funny Matt, line. Matt just recently watched Star Wars. Do you get that joke? for the very first time yeah like um, he had never seen star wars ever and uh i just made him watch uh star wars so i said wow i can't believe you've never seen this yeah only having seen episode four i'm not sure i get the reference for uncle bob or whatever whatever did you say <laughs> uncle who <laughs> you know the star wars universe with all of their eclectic names he has got an uncle bob <laughs> i don't know the tin man uncle owen and aunt baru I don't remember them being I think that characters. Wasn't that, that one, right? Were I think they in that, episode four? That's episode four. That's like his call to action when he goes away and then he finds his aunt and uncle, you know, murdered. Uh, 
Yeah. Oh, oh, that's like who he lives with. He yeah. lives with them. Yeah. Oh, see, I didn't know their names. Okay. There got you it. go. There you go. Now yeah. it all makes sense. <laughs> My favorite character is still the Tin Man. The it's C three PO. Which uh, Jacob actually was in the show, this the Star Wars roast. You played C- C-3PO, uh, mostly because of the uh, robotic type of uh, quality to your voice. Yeah, I, when I do a robot impression, I don't even have to change how I normally talk, so <laughs> it was a good thing. That's so funny. Uh, yeah. So then, uh, let's see, we're missing some big credits here. Uh, when uh, you did a, a late night spot on Colbert. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you were there for that as well. I yeah, was there. Awesome. I was in the balcony yeah, was, cheering you on. Yeah, I saw you. And uh, the, I'm so glad you came. And uh, yeah, that was so fun. Um, that was a dream come true for sure. That was a lot of fun. I, I feel like I'm just in the audience a lot when you're performing. Like uh, uh, Matt alluded to this story uh, in the uh, episode. Uh, well, we're recording this the same day. This is a bank episode, so we don't know when this one's coming out. But uh, in, in episode 15, you mentioned uh, me in the audience. You got me into the audience for Wild and Out, and uh, mm-hmm. I was very out of place. <laughs> and, uh, and you uh, made it into the episode. I did. I was in the episode jamming out to Rick Ross, I believe. <laughs> which yeah. is me jamming out to Rick Ross as best as I could, which is not very well <laughs> at all. Yeah. All, all I found out was that the producer continually would go over to Eric and ask for more energy. So that's what I got. <laughs> Well, he'd be like this table over here <laughs> and then point directly at me. <laughs> what was that, Jacob? They asked me for more energy, too. And I was like, oh, because <laughs> I'm supposed to be telling jokes on stage. <laughs> hey, um, you, had some, you had some sick burns on there constantly every time you're on. Thank you. Uh, you're welcome. And then, you know, before pandemic hit, you were, you know, all over every club. You're doing a lot of uh, road gigs as well. Uh, a lot of the New York uh, top clubs you were passed at in performing. And now you got a comedy album out. Uh, we should plug it one more time, or we'll plug it multiple times. Uh, but you can check it out on an unemotional roller coaster. Uh, you can hear the comedy stylings. Do people say that? Comedy stylings? I like it. Yeah, let's bring it back. <laughs> of Jacob Williams. <laughs> Available pretty much everywhere, right? We can get that on Spotify, iTunes. What, where else? Where else do people Absolutely. get it? Yeah, it's on Pandora. It's on Napster, um, which is not just really on Napster. Really? Uh, and several uh, other. I, I, I also have like a comedy special version, which is on Patreon for like $5 a month with that and other bonus videos. But I'm, yeah, I'm super proud of how the album version turned out. So I think there's, yeah, if you have like Spotify or Pandora, it's free on there and iTunes and Amazon. I think it costs money if you don't want it for free. But so there's lots of options. Yeah. Got it, but it doesn't matter to you how they get it. Uh, no, no, I just hope people listen to it and enjoy it. Beautiful. They can pirate it if they want, whatever they want. I got it on Apple Music. Nice. And because uh, I have an Apple Music account, so you can just download it. But uh, listening to it, I realized that uh, Jacob has a couple jokes about me on there. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, but but fused with someone else. Is that correct? There's there's a roommate. You know, he fused me with another one of his roommates that he, from Chicago. <laughs> but then I also am later on when he talks about a mind reader that I'm the mind reader he's talking about. I don't want to just. I just don't want no. you to go through the bits or anything like that, or you know, that's really awkward to be like, go tell your bits on a on a <laughs> podcast. No, I, I, if you're listening, go and. Uh, Go and listen to the album. You can actually hear Jacob perform it in a real setting with a real audience and not have you uh, recreate it here for us. 
No, we're doing a podcast with the corny white guy from Wildin' Out. <laughs> no, I'm muted. Don't worry about it. They can't hear me. Okay, I'm back, guys. Wow, that was a great, that was an excellent delivery. On that place. <laughs> that was, that did was, we miss anything? What did we miss? Yeah, this is why Matt won America's Got Talent. That was kind oh, of because funny. of that. Those kind of performing ch- chops right there. <laughs> the way he committed, I was like, I really believe that. <laughs> no, you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> um did we cover the bases uh what what was there anything we missed on your uh background there jacob oh i mean i think you covered it you brought up stuff i didn't even know about so i think you uh wait how's that possible <laughs> <laughs> no no have you guys been spying on me or something um, no siblings uh no siblings so yeah i was an only child which was a lot like quarantine so i'm like pretty comfortable with this whole situation but uh but yeah, yeah, just I have jokes about being an only child on the album as well. So check those out. Um, but uh, yeah, no, no, that was very thorough. Thank you so much for all that, that uh, very elaborate intro. That's like the most uh, the, the most put together intro I've ever had. Probably. What's the best intro you ever got? You've done a lot of gigs, this a lot one, of places, a lot today. of what that that was the best one. Yeah, this is the best intro I've ever had for sure. Uh, that's a lie. That's a lie. <laughs> now, the three of us were part of uh, Franco Talent. Uh, we didn't wow. really mention that. This yeah, is a sort yeah, of that's a big important one. Yeah. reunion of sorts. So back, uh, you know, we mentioned the, the the college market and the the trade shows and all that stuff in, in previous episodes. But um, the way that works is you go as an agency and, you know, sometimes you're self-represented like certain acts are and they just buy a booth and sometimes they get lucky to showcase uh, you know, right after my AGT appearance, me and Matt joined up and started the Franco Talent booth together. And then, uh, you know, we were like, this. I was like, Matt, this guy is very funny from the show. We should get him involved. And uh, you were like, yeah, I'll represent Jacob as well. And it was the three of us for a while. Yeah, that was yeah. so cool. Yeah, no, it's pretty awesome how, how it all happened. I mean, basically, uh, after... Once you start, once you kind of came off AGT, you you needed you needed more help, Eric. You know, yeah. with all, with all yeah. the interest coming in, and I said, "Well, I, I got you." You know, so we started working together. Next thing you know, um, I met Jacob for the first time at one of these conferences, and he said he'd be down. And and this is it's kind of crazy. Uh, it's kind of a crazy story how it all kind of came together and and worked. It was, yeah. But you're looking at the whole company right here. I mean, this is right. it. It was just the three of us, but it was called Franco Talent, as if it was like this big operation. But I mean, if you called up, I answered the phone and said, "What are we doing?" And they said, <laughs> "You know, I want one of these three guys, or none of the above, or whatever." And, <laughs> and we set up shows, but it was really, really cool. Well, we used yeah, to say, "You were the Franco, and we were the talent." So. <laughs> yeah yeah I, I mean i was just you know running operations and doing the shows and you guys had it easy and you gotta you remember guys just showing up and doing gigs you gotta remember this was pre you going on the show <laughs> so yeah you weren't the matt franco at the time you were just you know you were getting <laughs> well known just in the, matt franco you were getting known <laughs> in the college market but uh you know you weren't you weren't a winner of agt star of his own las vegas show matt franco at the time it's safe to say that it dissolved very, very quickly after that. The, 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 the <laughs> talent dissolved very quickly. I, you know, maybe one on September 15th or sometime in mid-September. And on the 16th, I think it was kind of like, yeah, you guys are going to need an agent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're like, I don't know if I can, uh, you know, run this anymore having my own <laughs> Vegas show. So, so we had a good run of like 
two years maybe it was like <laughs> yeah little, we did little less did. than two years <laughs> yeah so whatever it was it was a success i yeah. remember that first poster or you had like a banner we would hang up of you jacob with all your credits and everything oh yeah yeah that was cool there's something about there's uh, one of the conferences I remember us. Uh, uh, did did we strap you to a cot or something? <laughs> oh, it's, I think I vaguely remember that. Yeah, I think you were like uh, maybe it was because I didn't know how to do magic like you guys. You're like we got. <laughs> now this is gonna sound like it's bullying. <laughs> we weren't bullying. It was all in good fun. It was a bit of some sort. You're like this guy's a muggle. We got. Well, <laughs> why do I have zero recollection of strapping Jacob to a cot? I believe it was in Boston even, too. And I, think I was, was there. I, I was it, there in Boston. I think it was the same conference where it was like, Matt, you should do AGT. And you're like, I should do AGT. <laughs> I don't think well, you physically did it. You used, like, magic, and then the straps just went around. I'm like, how are you doing this? Wait a minute. You have recollection of being strapped to a cot? Or I do remember that. I think it was, like, was a it in a bathroom? No. No, I, I think w- the three of us would actually, like, all share the same room and i think i was sleeping on a cot and i think we were just hanging out with a bunch of people and then for some somehow like i ended up strapped to this cot like you remember this i think i do remember it yeah i was like did i just get like houdini or something (laughs) i think we realized your we were laughing because your cot had like buckles on it and we were like what are these buckles for and we wanted to test them out and uh, you, yeah. it was your bed, so you were the lucky one to, to see I'm if you sure. could get out. Yeah, I let my guard down when that happened, <laughs> but I escaped eventually. Three days. I remember Tiana brought us brownies. Yes, those were delicious. You remember the brownies? Yes, I, I talk about them every day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good, because you ate them all. I didn't even get one. Yeah, yeah, I made sure no one else could get them. <laughs> Yeah, it's one of those late night things at a conference. There might have been some alcohol involved. Who knows? <laughs> but uh, yeah. Uh, Are we talking about the brownies or strapping to the cot now? Uh, there was alcohol in the brownies, I believe. Okay. All of the above. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So uh, what do you what have you been doing since uh, quarantine? Uh, you know, we mentioned the park shows. Um, have you been traveling, doing in-person, a lot of Zoom? How are you adjusting to all this uh, this lockdown life? That's a good question. Yeah, I've been mostly in New York, so like doing, yeah, trying to do outdoor shows and Zoom shows. Um, I did, I think, one college gig that wasn't on Zoom, which was in Kansas. And so luckily it was very, like, socially distanced with masks and um that was a lot of fun. I think I'll do another one or two of those coming up and um, yeah, a lot of outdoor shows just locally. So uh, yeah, just trying to try out new jokes wherever I can. Um, I might be doing like another taping thing soon in Utah. So hopefully that all goes as planned, but uh, Is that but a yeah. scoop? We have a scoop. Oh yeah. Yeah. This is uh next, this is yeah. The first place I'm mentioning this is a scoop, I guess. You could say, I don't know if anyone... Utah, watch out. It, but yeah, if you're in Utah, uh, keep an eye out. Uh, well, what's go- did you wear a mask at the Kansas show? I did, yeah. I wore a mask. Everyone in the audience wore a mask, and they had the seating um, spaced out like six feet apart. And... But how was it with you wearing it? Was that your first time performing while wearing a mask or no? Um, I had done, I'd worn it sometimes at outdoor things and everything, but... Um, but yeah, it was my first time doing like an hour with a mask on. And I realized for me, it kind of works because I don't, when I perform, like I don't make a lot of facial expressions anyway. So it didn't really interfere with my normal <laughs> joke style. Um, but uh, no, it was actually super fun. I mean, it was, uh, yeah, it felt like pretty much like doing a normal show and the audience was really nice and everything. So 
yeah i'd love to do more of that as long as there's like a safe way to do it but um but yeah i also yeah just hope everything can be safe you know whatever the situation is you you get nervous before you go out there you you never seem to you always seem like you just kind of walked out there and you come off the same way you came on it doesn't seem like there was any adrenaline rush whatsoever for the first question is do you get nervous and part two is you know how much of this is intentional do you know exactly you know exactly what you're doing is my guess but take us through a little bit of that I still have no idea what I'm doing. Um, <laughs> I, I don't, I'm still trying to figure it out. No, I, I get super nervous. I mean, my first, like, I'm not as nervous as I used to. When I was starting out, I would definitely feel like I was about to throw up, like, every time I did stand-up. But uh, now it's a little less than that. But, uh, yeah, I have I have a ton of uh, social anxiety and stuff, and then especially around performing in particular. So, um, yeah, there's still, like, bigger shows or certain shows where all of maybe overthink it or have some nerves. And uh, I guess maybe I just don't always, I'm not always great at expressing my emotions. So people might not always notice that I'm like freaking out before I go on, but I definitely, uh, yeah, I definitely feel that way. Um, is that well, why you, you called, mentioned, go ahead, sorry. Is that Eric, why you called ahead. the album Unemotional Roller Coaster? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's kind of a reference to like how I come across more than my actual state. Cause I, I certainly do feel very emotional at times, but I feel, but a lot of times people will be like, oh, I did not know you were that happy or sad or whatever the thing was I was going through. So. Well, you, you mentioned, you mentioned social anxiety from a, from a genuine standpoint, but it's also part of, uh, it's, it's also something you've taken advantage of. I think it's actually a great example of someone who's taken something and, and actually used it to their advantage. You've really taken what you what you call social anxiety as a genuine feeling. I mean, you've also, it's it's also part of, your authentic character and and your authentic shtick on stage yes yeah well thank you for saying that i mean i have always felt like kind of awkward and nervous and so i you know when i started doing stand-up i was like i don't want to pretend that like i'm not you know something i'm not so i would in some ways like try to embrace that and be myself on stage but i guess because especially when i was starting out i was so socially awkward i think a lot of people when they saw me on stage would assume that was a character and then they talk to me afterwards and be like why are you still in character like you can stop them like no this is just how i talk all the time so uh they kind of like threw people off like i they love that though kind of andy kaufman or whatever. yeah sure sure is, is is that an influence of yours what what got you into comedy in the first place why did you start why did you actually get up there and do it well uh my biggest influences were probably eric diddleman and matt Franco. <laughs> I, was, I was like He's a liar too. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then I realized I was terrible at magic. So I was like, I'll just do comedy. Um, But uh, no, I I think I I really liked uh, people like Dimitri Martin and Mike Verbiglia when I was starting out. I love how vulnerable Verbiglia is and how um, Dimitri Martin was the first person I saw on Conan, I think when I was in high school, that was like kind of lower energy. And like, I realized like, you don't have, you know, I was always kind of shy and stuff. So it was the first time I realized you don't have to be like super loud and like, like outwardly confident to do stand up, and it kind of inspired me to try to like give it a shot. So yeah, I have a question. I guess that's what we're doing on this podcast. <laughs> so um, that's interesting. Yeah, it's really interesting. Um, during during this lockdown time, and are you writing a lot more? Do you find it difficult to write uh, because you're not really going out and having experiences? Uh, like what what are you doing to fill the days? You know, uh, as a comedian, you're usually going out at night doing gigs in normal time, so you're being stuck at home. How have you handled that? Like what what have you been up to that way? 
That's a really good question. Yeah, I have been kind of trying to force myself to write for at least an hour a day. And I think that helps. Um, at times it does feel like, oh, I don't know what to talk about. There's nothing new. But um, I did write plenty of jokes about quarantine and things like that. And um, maybe people will be sick of hearing about that kind of stuff at some point. But I have <laughs> jokes about that. And then just anything weird that happens to me, I'll try to like think of afterwards if there's like a way to make a joke about it. But but yeah, it's like a weird time because, um, you know, I was starting to really enjoy like going, like catching up with people in person and going to comedy clubs for fun and like all performing and stuff before this. So just trying to find the ways I can still do that either online or outside and while the weather lasts and that kind of thing, because um, I want to be safe about it. So um, yeah, I think I've been, you know, it's kind of been nice to like explore New York more, just going on like a lot of long walks and catching up with my parents a lot on the phone or other family and friends, uh, family Zooms and things like that. So yeah, I think anything like that, that can feel like similar to how people used to hang out has really helped for sure. Now that's interesting. You brought up a point I didn't really think about with these outdoor shows is as we're starting to enter the winter months, like do you, do you see these uh, comedy in the park or comedy on the rooftop still happening? Like as it gets colder? <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. It's uh, kind of scary to think about, but um, I hope that there'll be some version happening if they can do it in a safe way with either like heat lamps or kind of love like those that. heat lamps. <laughs> yeah, multiple heat lamps. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, I don't know. So we'll see what happens. Um, it might be a lot more stuff on Zoom again, but mm -hmm. for now, yeah, I'm just trying to, I guess, enjoy it while less. And then, yeah, I guess I've been doing a lot of like just catching up on older movies and books too. So that's been like kind of a good excuse to do that kind of thing. Are you, are what you... types of books are you reading? Fiction or nonfiction? Um, a little of both. Like um, I'm reading, I'm slowly working my way through Don Quixote for the first time. And it's like so funny. Like it almost reads like a thousand page like comedy sketch because he's like mm. this kind of ridiculous uh, character with this point of view that he's like a knight and yet he's like living in this era when that's not really a thing and he thinks there's sorcerers and stuff so everyone else is kind of like the voice of reason in whatever situation he goes into and it's like kind of fascinating to see like something that was written like hundreds of years ago still like really make me laugh out loud at a lot of points and like really hold up as entertaining um but i'm also reading this book called uh like the 33 strategies of war and that that it, it kind of wow. talks about a lot of like uh stuff I didn't know about from history, like with Alexander the Great and like Elizabeth the first, like different people that I just wasn't super aware of. And it's like kind of interesting to hear like different strategies they use to get out of like tough situations. And then they mentioned like how you can apply some of that to your own life. And, and I like the author a lot. And uh, so that's been like another fun one. Do you get material out of that stuff that you read too? Are you ever like mining that for, I'm going to have a killer Elizabeth the first joke. <laughs> that's not a bad idea i would i would love to be able to pull that off i haven't written a lot of jokes about history like that but she is like very entertaining and like her story is entertaining to me and very inspiring so i'd love to like come up with more stuff like that i have a couple like short jokes about books i've read but mm -hmm. yeah it's something i'd like to get more into detail on and um in general it's definitely i think helps in my life in terms of just thinking about coping strategies and stuff. But yeah, I'd like to maybe write more about it for sure. Quarantine related here. I, just, I have to ask this because Eric and I talk about this all the time. Uh, magicians are doing full full Zoom shows. Is that something you've done as well? And how long of a set are you doing via Zoom with no real laughter? Tell me how long, what is this like? 
Well, I mean, I spent two years doing shows with no real laughter, so. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so it's not that bad for, but, uh, no, it's, uh, it's been good. You know, um, a lot of the zoom shows I've done like about an hour or more on zoom. Just you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, One hour. Wow. Yeah. And, and I know a lot of times it can be fun. Like if everyone's unmuted and having fun, I think the worst show I did at the end of my set, I was like, this was really weird because you guys were muted. And this guy's like, actually we weren't muted. <laughs> no, that did not happen. <laughs> That's true story. No, that's so good though. <laughs> but uh, but no, there's some of them are really fun. Some of them are tougher. Um, I always try to encourage encourage people to like unmute and stuff. But uh, but yeah, I feel like it's I've in some ways I've like I've developed I wrote some jokes like specifically for Zoom now, which I don't think even would work off. <laughs> like, right, um, right. So now I'm like almost nervous. People that see me live will it won't be as good as on Zoom or something. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, but yeah, it's been an interesting experience just trying to get used to that new format and, um, yeah, I, I'm hoping to keep doing them and getting more comfortable with them, um, as much as it can be kind of awkward sometimes when people are muted and stuff like that. Well, you don't seem to shy away from awkward. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of perfect for me. I, awkward is actually my brand, so <laughs> I don't mind. Yeah. It's funny. You mentioned like you wrote stuff for zoom and you, I, I still can picture you trying to try some of the zoom specific jokes in real life. Cause uh, we, I don't know if you knew this, Matt, but me and Jacob uh, competed in Punderdome before <laughs> no. uh, where it is a pun based competition live show here in New York city. And uh, you know, people from the audience can sign up and try their hand at it. And uh I went with Jacob for the first time I ever competed and basically you get a category and you get like a few, like probably a minute to write as many puns down on a whiteboard as you can. And then it's all about going up to the mic and delivering the pun. And it's, it's got the, the energy that rap battle does like for these comedy roasts or whatever, you know, the, the roast battles, the rap battles where the audience is hungry they're hungry for groaners and like bad puns and then they cheer and they clap on whoever they think has the bad worst puns and uh jacob is very good at punning very and good. eric is excellent eric uh crushed it at that show and there's a board game too which uh is all started by this very funny local new york comedian called joe firestone and uh so check that. I'm just giving her a plug because she's awesome. Uh, he but... is holding up the board game for those. Uh... Oh, I forgot. This <laughs> yeah, is this, audio. This is My a podcast. Is it Jill? Jill Firestone? Uh, Joe Firestone. J Joe. Joe Firestone. Joe. J-O. J-O Firestone. Yeah. Got it. And it's called Punderdome is the name of the game. Yeah. So it's both a board game and a great live show, which I think they're doing on Zoom now. And um, yeah, it's super fun. The audiences are so good. And um, yeah, like I said, yeah, Eric like crushed it there. She, she started the show with her dad and her dad is kind of like the main host now. And it's uh, they have like uh, regular domers that are like their their go to pun champions that like I've seen win multiple times. And uh, I've only made it past a couple rounds uh, on on that. I've never won. Uh, I've only competed once or twice, but uh, it's it's a fun time, and uh, hopefully that comes back after you know quarantine, back in that live state again, uh, because that's that's a lot of fun. Yeah, and Joe Firestone has a great album as well. By the way, people should definitely check that out. She's a super funny stand-up comedian, and um, yeah, that show is so much fun. I, I'm looking forward to hopefully when it's back live at some point. And we could do uh, Six Degrees of Separation because Joe Joe is in a show. With another Joe, Joe Para, 
called oh, yeah. uh what's, what's the name of joe's show uh joe talks to you to sleep is one of his but that's not the uh the, the the same Adult Swim show. Anyway, but Joe, uh, Para, and I went to college together, and we're in yeah. comedy club together. So it's a small world, Matt. Yeah, small I world. We, we watched his whole like a first season of that show, like binge watched it together, and it was like the most I've ever laughed at anything. So funny. We know we know how talented you are as a writer and a comedian, but we want to see how talented you are at trivia. Yeah, trivia oh, awesome. and riddles, since we're already talking about puns, uh, it's time for a segment we like to call Diddle Me This. Diddle me this, diddle me that. Will Eric end up stumping Matt Riddles? Okay, so Wow, that theme song is great. <laughs> that is courtesy of my brother, uh, Mark Diddleman. Uh, uh, you'll hear the trivia one in a moment, but uh, <laughs> it's so very... we're gonna work together, Jacob, on this first one. Yeah, this is cool. not competing. Uh, I'm gonna read a riddle, and uh, both of you just uh, don't blurt it out if you think you know it, but like give each other a moment to think about it. You can work together to try and come up with it, and we'll give the audience uh, a few moments to try and uh, figure it out as well. But uh, are you ready for your riddle? Yeah, okay, great. Here we go. There is a bus full of people traveling over San Francisco and no one gets, uh, I'm guessing, wait, hold on. I have this written down wrong. <laughs> hold on. Uh, there it is. Okay. There is a, yeah, there is a bus full of people traveling uh, through San Francisco and no one gets off the bus throughout the journey. But when it gets to the other side, there's not a single person left. How is this possible? I kind of botched the reading. I'm going to read it one more time. <laughs> there is a bus full of people traveling through San Francisco, and no one gets off the bus throughout the journey. But when it gets to the other side, there's not a single person left. How is this possible? So as you both think of this, uh, you can either talk it out, but I'm curious, do, do either of you think you already know the answer? I don't yet. You don't? Yeah, I, I can't say that I do. I'm like theorizing right now, but mm -hmm. I don't know if I've really locked in on anything. Well, let's theorize out loud, I guess. So I feel like we did a similar bus one on a previous episode, but it wasn't this. And I don't even remember what that one was or what the answer is. So maybe that doesn't help. The riddle is but, I'm asking you the same riddles to see if you get them. <laughs> oh, that would be so sad if you did that and I didn't remember them. <laughs> okay. So Jacob, would you say, Jacob? Oh, yeah, I was just trying to walk myself through this. So there's a bus full of people traveling through San Francisco. No one gets off, but there's no people on it when it gets to the other side. Yeah. Oh, you know what? San Francisco has the double-decker buses. Is it something where there's no one on the bus on top, but they're inside the bus? Oh. I think you're confusing San Francisco with London. Okay, I, I guess those mixed up a lot. And I think you're confusing. Harry Potter is from San Francisco. Right? <laughs> I think you're um, uh, also um, confusing uh, trolleys with double-decker buses. Fair enough. Now look, look. Yeah. When it comes to the other side, that just means all the people are sitting on one side. Boom. When it goes to the other side, there's no one there. Could, you want to hear it again? What, what? Just tell me if I'm right or not. You're. Uh, I mean, you're starting to think along the same right path but that is the not... word side i think might be important but we'll hear it All one right. more time if you want 
Uh, and I'm going to change it up slightly just because I don't like the way this is worded. So I'm going to throw in the Golden Gate Bridge instead of uh, San Francisco, see if that helps. So there's a bus uh, full of people traveling uh, over the Golden Gate Bridge in San Francisco, and no one gets off the bus throughout the journey. But when it gets to the other side, there is not a single person left. How is this possible? They fell off the bridge. They all drowned. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're all thinking it. <laughs> Someone had to say it. No one gets off the bus. Why did you the add bus. the bridge? I'm so confused why he added the bridge. Does not, doesn't that confuse it more? I just like the the visual better of like you're, you're starting on one side, you're taking a bridge, you're going to the other side, and nothing has changed, uh, but there's not a single person left on the other side. So I like it more as a straight line rather than just really traveling through a city. Both work. But I guess, yeah, maybe that's why the bridge wasn't included, because if you just think the bus went off the bridge and technically no one got off the bus then, if the bu- <laughs> I don't know. No, this is still talking about the people on the bus. So I guess that still would work. OK, even well, if the this- bridge goes off or the bus goes off the bridge. <laughs> Since this is like kind of a magic themed podcast, I'm thinking they did like one of those uh, like things where they could like disappear. So they didn't actually get off the bus, but they did vanish using like a, a spell. The the Harry that, Potter invisible cloak because it's that's where Harry Potter's from. So yeah, or guy. those things where they like teleport. You know, is that right? Without getting off the bus. Is that correct or no? No, it's definitely not, it's not correct. <laughs> no. I was just guessing. I don't know. <laughs> So it's not teleportation. I feel like the double decker was was a pretty solid answer. I liked your answer as well. Yeah, I don't you, know. This is tough. Matt, you are onto something with uh, listen to the wording. The wording you were focused on the word side. Uh, maybe there's another word you should focus on. I'll read the original because I think the bridge threw it off. (laughs) Um, There is a bus full of people traveling through San Francisco, and no one gets off the bus throughout the journey. But when it gets to the other side. There's not a single person left. How is this possible? Oh, oh, I got it. I got it. You got it? What word do yeah, we have to focus on? Not a single on? person left. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is it yeah. all couples? Yes. It's all couples. They're all married. Uh, wow. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> that was great. Yeah, yeah. So they're all, they all hooking up on that bus. <laughs> That double-decker uh, bus, I guess. <laughs> maybe they were all couples and they were wizards, so they also vanished. And that's why there was no single person. Or No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> You're reading too deep into this riddle. But did you like that one? That was great. I, yeah, yeah, it was really good. Yeah. As, as someone who has a lot of jokes about being single, I appreciate the... <laughs> it's, it's on the single Even an on-brand, you know? Yeah. You, you need to find this bus, Jacob, and uh, because by the end, no one's single at the end of the journey. Oh, so. I feel like I'd still be, I'd end up being the only, <laughs> I would like totally change the rule. The also, does that mean the bus driver's wife was on there or, or you know, or I don't uh, want to be heteronormative, maybe husband, I don't. Yeah, but you matter. know what? He's still not a single person. Right. If he's Whether married. or not his wife is there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? What? <laughs> you don't follow me? No, I see what you're saying. You also, it could be a she. Let's be 2020. Bus drivers, female. Could be. Uh, I mean, I just was. I mean, this is all after the fact. Let's move on to trivia. Picks <laughs> up the question, then he stares at it. Eric's at the ready. Time to use his wit. Pressure, pressure, pressure. Trivia, pressure. 
Trivia time. These themes right. are so awesome. I love it. <laughs> I like buy these on iTunes. <laughs> not uh, yet. Not yet, no, but I'm Exclusive. sure my brother would love to hear uh, everyone commenting how much they love the theme songs. Your brother's All great. Right. I remember hanging out with him at AGT. Yeah, yeah, that was fun. Another rooftop. I'm... That was how we celebrated after those uh, weird shows at the NJ Pack in, <laughs> in uh, Newark, New Jersey. We'd go to the top of the roof at our hotel and, uh, you know, and, and Jacob back then was like, hmm, one day I'll be telling stand-up on rooftops in 2020. <laughs> yeah, we were getting ready eight years in advance for quarantine comedy. I've got, uh, I've got three questions. So I'm going to start, I'll, I'll deliver Jacob's, then I'll deliver Eric's, and then there'll be a bonus round. Oh, okay. All right. Wow. And they're all MTV related. Wow. Because oh, wow. Wild and Out was on MTV too. I have some Wild and Out trivia right here, actually. Wow. I, I, keep oh, out, I, wow. I keep forgetting that this is a podcast and no one can see all the stuff I'm holding. <laughs> but you're showing a lot of stuff. Have you noticed Have you noticed what Jacob's drinking? He has like nine different cups. I don't know what he's drinking. Sometimes he's like guzzling a water bottle. There's like a tea kettle. It's like... <laughs> I'm double fisting uh, water and tea. Yeah. All right. So uh, I'm going to start. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to launch a question to you, Jacob. First. Awesome. Which television show on MTV launched the modern reality TV genre in 1992? Now you have choices. A, The Real World. B, Road Rules. C, Jersey Shore. D, Ren and Stimpy. <laughs> um, and this was which one um, launched the reality TV? Yeah, basically. So which television show on MTV launched the modern reality TV genre in oh, 1992? Okay, well, I feel like Ren and Stimpy was a cartoon, so I don't think that would qualify as reality TV. Uh, Jersey Shore was popular, but I think that might have come a little later. Road Rules, I remember being popular, but then I feel like Chappelle had like a real world sketch, which was more closer to that era. I'll go with the real world. Oh, I got it. That is correct. (laughs) See, I also have to know the answer to hit the right button now. (laughs) I'll just do your thumbs up, thumbs down. That's good. That's good. Um, Yeah, and I believe they did a, uh, I can't speak, real world road rules challenge at one point. Is that the next question? Well, I think that's what made it tough is that road rules came yeah. shortly after real world, you know, yeah. Yeah, that, that was kind of the time. Now on too. But, yeah. but that was the show that was really like, let's put a bunch of people in a house and see what they do. And that's what kind of started that whole reality genre. Uh, because I remember watching or hearing about that growing up and being like, that seems weird. I don't know if I'd watch that. And then it became such a huge part of our everyday, you know, television world. Mm hmm. All right, Diddleman, here we go. Oh, this one's for me. Okay. What was the first music video to air on MTV? Okay, don't give me the choices. I think I know it. Um, In the United States. Yes. Uh, I believe it was... I can't tell you the artist because I'm very bad at that trivia, but I believe it was Video Killed the Radio Star. He gave me the thumbs up, and I gave myself Uh-oh. the own <laughs> jingle, and I got it right. Unbelievable. Hearing the choices. <laughs> Unbelievable. Without even hearing. Who the is choices. it by? Do you know that? I don't know that. Um. What does it say? Bugles. The bugles. Buggles. I believe it's the bugles. <laughs> bugles. Is it bugles or buggles? <laughs> well, one of those is. <laughs> 
I'm just so happy I have a soundboard now <laughs> with all these sound effects. Um, so you're both tied, so we'll we'll do a bonus round, and you can each lock in an answer, and we'll see what happens. Oh, should we like write it down? Should we write it down. Yeah, maybe. Well, maybe we'll do a quick jot down. Yeah, if uh, if it's possible. Oh yeah, I got I got some paper here. Okay, I got some paper. All right. A quick jot down. Yeah, why not? We'll hold it up at the same time. We've never done this before. No, so this is this is breaking new territory here and, with Jacob Williams. And um, uh, sure. can I? I'll let you know if I want the choices. <laughs> Uh, sure, okay. sure. I'll, I'll, I, I can tell you right now I'm going to want the choice. <laughs> All right, we're staying in the MTV vein here. Okay. What was MTV's original slogan? Oh, no, I'll need the choices for this. All right, too. choice number one, or A, depending on how you want to do it. You'll never look at music the same way again, exclamation point. Choice number two, I want my MTV, exclamation point. Number three, some people just don't give it, exclamation point. Number four, music out of this world, exclamation point. I'm going to read the options one more time without saying exclamation point because they all have (laughs) one. I was was seeing if that was super important or not. What was MTV's original slogan? You'll never look at music the same way again. Before you give the choices, are we doing numbers or letters? Because I was just going to write down a number or a letter. Okay, we'll do do A, B, C, D. Okay, great. A, you'll never look at music the same way again. B, I want my MTV. C, some people just don't give it. D, music out of this world. Oh, I'm between two here. Do you think you know this one, Jacob? I think so. I could be totally wrong, but all right, I'm gonna go. With, one of those I'm gonna slogans. go with this, but I can justify another one if I need be. Well, are we both locked in? Hold I'm it up here in, in the yeah. frame, but don't show it yet. Just hold it up if you can. Oh, um, okay. I'll flip it over when it's. Yeah, time. yeah. There you go. This feels like a mentalism. Piece. It does feel yeah. like a <laughs> Did you like read his mind already and figure out the real answer? I'm no, because I think I got this wrong. Okay. Yeah. Uh, now that you're both locked in, I will tell you that I got this wrong as well. So mm-hmm. let's see what you got. Okay, so flip them over. Yeah, be- both at the same time. I'll, I'll say audibly what you what you each have. One, two, three. Diddleman flips over B for I want my TV. Jacob Williams also selected B. I also selected B. It's D, though. So it means we are all... It's D, isn't it? <laughs> it is not D. Whoa. Ooh. Really? I got another D. <laughs> wrong. <laughs> Supposedly, according to quizified.com, you'll never look at music the same way again was MTV's original slogan. Wow. Oh, wow, I did not know that. And then- Who knew? And I want my TV made sense because the song, and you know, uh, I want my MTV from, from Dire, Dire Straits song, yeah. uh, that's not the name of it. What is that song called? Dun, 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 dun. What is that song called? Uh, don't sing too much. We don't have the royalties. With Sting. <laughs> we don't have the rights. What is the name of that song? Oh, man. Look at them yo-yos. Play the guitar on the MTV. What is the name of it? I'm, looking, I'm, looking, I'm doing a quick Google. Money for nothing. Oh, oh money for nothing. Yeah. That was the first song uh, music video in the UK on MTV. Oh, that's what I was thinking originally too for radio. Uh, video killed the radio star. That's why I specified U.S. Mm-hmm. because I always thought that was the first one ever, but that's the first one in the U.K. Anyway, apparently, according to Quizified, we're all wrong. So there you go. So I was thinking it could have been D because they're you know famous for the Moon Man 
for the MTV mm. Movie Awards mm, as yeah. well. So that's a little red herring there as well. Um, yeah, that was a tough one. That's why I did it in the bonus round. Yeah. So, nice. Jacob, we tied. We tied. Yay! Just like on AGT, we're both of the semifinals. We're both in of, the semifinals of this, of this show. <laughs> And I know this uh, just personally, too. I'm glad that uh, we tied because Jacob is a very competitive person. Uh, so if I had won, <laughs> he would have wanted to keep going until he, uh, he won. Oh, yeah. We used to play video games till like 4 a.m. and it got really intense. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I, I, Eric, you probably have a couple topics to hit, right? Sure. But before we do that, I, I know we did this a lot. I, I have one more question for Jacob. Sure. Jacob. You've performed all these different places, television, this and that. You've kind of ever have an interest in in writing for things, or or do you like performing? Because a lot of comedians kind of do that route where they write movies or they write on shows or sitcoms. What, what, what you have interest in that or no? Um, yeah, absolutely. I love uh, writing jokes and performing them as well. But um, but yeah, I'm always open to stuff like that. I've um actually submitted a ton of a lot of like writing packets and stuff and um uh everyone was like no thanks but um but yeah someday i would love to uh officially write for a show um but that is one thing i like about stand-up is that i can always like keep writing jokes for myself and so um i'd like to keep doing that no matter what but but yeah i'd love to try other things for sure Cool. Yeah, I was just curious because I know some maybe have no interest in it at all. They just kind of like doing stand up. Others have an interest in acting, this and that. So I was just curious where you stood on that. I, ha- I had to ask. Cool. Um, I'm curious, Jacob, when you do write for yourself. Uh, I know we touched upon it a little bit, but um, like, do you have a specific method of like how you come up with your jokes? I know you keep a notebook like most comedians do, but when you like sit down to like be like, I need to write and be funny now, uh, how do you approach that? Um, yeah, that's a good question. I guess it's uh, always feels like there's never any one thing I can definitely rely on, but but I, I try different things. Like, uh, um, yeah, I do try to write an hour a day. So a lot of times I'll, I'll try like free writing and sometimes I'll do like stream of consciousness stuff where I'll stumble onto something and put a star next to it and then maybe be able to try that on stage. And then I do carry around a notebook all the time to like jot things down as they come to me. If, if I think of something that might be funny, I'll try to write a note. And then, um, yeah, it's just a lot of trial and error. There's a ton of stuff I think of that I think is funny. And then I'll test it out at kind of like a small stakes show and it, you know, it might not work and, or maybe it'll like need like a little more like rewriting or something. So yeah, it's just kind of a slow process of, um, you know, accidentally saying something that gets a laugh in conversation and then jotting it down or things like that, or just trying to just trying to journal and that kind of thing. How private is that notebook? I, I've read that, you know, comedians really shouldn't let other people see it. Uh, how, how upset are you if someone maybe rummaged through it? A roommate? Oh, um, yeah, I'd probably be upset. I'm definitely a little uh, protective of it because I, I put it down like I try to, you know, just kind of put my most unfiltered uh, version of my thoughts and like maybe things I feel, you know, kind of vulnerable about or um, that are like secrets I've never told you. Like maybe similar to how... how magicians have like these tricks that they would never reveal like I feel like I don't want to reveal like the rough draft of like things that you know are just uh, my personal really like my personal thoughts in a way so um so yeah I mean I love sharing this stuff I think it's funny but 
Um, but yeah, to be able to express myself like completely on there, I try to just keep that private for myself. Yeah, of course. Right. I think it would be a hindrance if, if you felt like someone was going to see it. And I saw what you did there at the end of that question saying like a roommate or something, implying that I might have, you know, rummaged through Jacob's notebook when we were roommates. No, <laughs> that never happened. No, okay. Eric would never do that. I, I trust him uh, completely. Uh, he would never do something like that. He would just read my mind and find it out that way. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I just, I'm always fascinated in like how the sausage is made kind of in the, in the people's processes and that stuff. So I know, you know, I keep a notebook for just a bunch of different ideas. We've talked about that a lot in the past, Matt, you've got several notebooks and everything like that. So uh, it's, it's interesting to he- hear, you know, uh, as you're, you know, free forming, just the fact that you sit down and write for an hour every day is I think uh, a key that people don't realize, like, it is uh, a job to be a comedian, so you got to put in the time and sit at the table and, you know, get the work done when you can. And the more you're putting yourself in that creative space, the more gold will come from that. The more fruit from your labor of just getting in that mindset, I think, uh, is something that people can uh, can take away from that is, uh, you know, whatever you're trying to accomplish, put the put the time aside to do it, I think, and be consistent. Yeah, I'm curious about that with both of you, like during quarantine, like, are there ways that you're trying out new, um, you know, uh, illusions and things like that? Like, how do you test things out? That, that's that's been the toughest part for me. And I've, I've mentioned this before on the on this cast, but uh, that that's like I can I can take a new idea or even an old idea that I want to revamp or whatever it is. And I can get it about 75 percent there. Maybe I'm guesstimating. Uh but without an audience, I can't get it the full way. Yeah, it's just I can guess and I can get close, but the audience at the end of the day really finishes the bit, so to say. They they're the ones by their reaction and and so on that tells me, oh, I have to change this. They don't verbally say it, but I know based on how they're responding. Oh, this didn't work. This did the same way. I think you would know um, how a joke is hitting. It's kind of like you realize, oh, I got to pick up the pace on this, or change this timing, or change this delivery. And it's uh, it's it's been uh, it's it's been probably one of the toughest things for me is not being able to finish. I I like to finish something when I start it. So one of the toughest things for me during this is not being able to really bring these newer bits to fruition completely. But we're getting closer on some of that. I've been able to try out some things for friends, and but it's not the same. It's not the same as really doing it for uh, people. Yeah, I'm very similar in that regard, just because, I mean, you know, I had that show, my workout room show, Amazeballs, where I try out new material. You were a guest on that several times doing new material as well, um, you know, doing the comedy slot. Uh, But uh, since that's gone in quarantine, you know, I've been really just working on, you know, working on the, the, the virtual show aspect more and coming up with ideas that I think would work. And uh, I meet regularly with, you know, other mentalists on Zoom and stuff, and we can try out stuff that way. But it's different when it's people that are your peers than, you know, a lay audience that isn't familiar with the work uh, as well. So I remember when I was just trying out my uh, virtual show, I was just inviting friends who are not in the field uh, to see what their genuine reactions, obviously they're going to be biased because they're, they know me anyway. Uh, but to at least see if the, the effects are hitting and landing on quote normal people uh, that was important to me. And then I I'm kind of treating it like, uh, like I would a normal show is I'll, if I do come up with a new piece for my virtual show, I'll sandwich it in between two 
pieces that I know are killer. So if that one flops a little bit, you know, it has that room to breathe uh, before I know that I'm going to get a surefire way. But it's just weird doing it in the, the virtual environment uh, because, you know, I still, you know, tend to think and create for in-person and, you know, real world situations. And you can't really do that. You can sort of just theorize, as you were saying, Matt, just like how it would go. And you can't really bring it to the the finish line for that uh, in-person stuff. Yeah, totally. That makes sense. Yeah, very similar. It sounds like to what comedians I've heard saying, how it's like so frustrating to not be able to fully try out a lot of stuff. And, and comedians do that hammocking too, Jacob, right? Where you, you when you try something new, you sandwich it in between. You, is that is that true? Yeah, I totally relate to what Eric just said, where like if you're working on a new bit, you'll probably try to do a stronger bit, you know, works on either side and then, um, you know, it'll give it room to either work or not. And it, the audience will still probably hopefully be with you on either side of that. So um, that's definitely a good way to test stuff out. And sometimes the new thing goes better because you're like really excited about it. So you're like delivering it in a like a more excited way. And then it kind of energizes the rest of the set. And that's why everyone thinks of me as so high energy you know do, that kind of. do you audio record every set um no i i uh yeah i do audio record everything and yeah i try to listen to like all or most of the sets that i do um and i think that helps a lot too um just to like you know sometimes it, it went differently in your memory than how it was and you can see like what part actually worked or didn't work and then like maybe the part you thought was funny didn't get a laugh but this other part did and you're like oh i can just keep that part or expand on that so yeah it's a lot of just reviewing it as yeah as i feel like i must i don't know i assume is that similar for you guys as well like yeah i'd say it's identical with, with the exception uh that we have to add video to it to to really get the full picture but listening to audio even is super helpful now, when you just audio record your um, your stand-up, do you ever hold board games up so that you can't tell you're holding them up in your audio recording? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I carry board games with me at every show and, and get them up in conversation on stage. Uh, but uh, yeah, I do, I'll sometimes video myself. But yeah, I guess for me, a lot of times it's audio and uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's a, a, like we all said, a lot of trial and error for sure. Now, now, Jacob, before we wrap up here, I want to uh, ask a question and feel free to uh, uh, to turn this down. But uh, what do you think is the best joke you've ever written? And I want to also hear, like, what joke did you try that just absolutely bombed the hardest? Yes. Great question. Oh, the best joke and the joke. Because I'm. Hard. I like a lot. I love a lot of your jokes, but I'm, I have one in particular that might be the best that I'm thinking of because I know it was stolen by a meme. Yes. Uh, I think <laughs> I know what you're talking about. Actually, can I hear that one or no? Or, I'm just curious what that one is. That I is, think I know what you're talking about. Yeah. It's your Twitter joke. I, I get, I'm i going to botch it if I try and do it from memory, but it, I'll, okay. I'll ask yeah. You. I remember that. Yeah. It was crazy. Cause when I did America's got talent, um, I had this one joke, which is probably a little, it might be a little dated now, but I, I, I was really proud of it at the time. And, um, I think Twitter was newer and I had a joke about like, I don't really know how to use Twitter. So I just carry around a megaphone and announce what I'm doing at all times. And like, I got three new followers the other day, but like two of them were cops. And, uh, and so like I did that on America's Got Talent and it got a, like a good response on there. But then, um, yeah, someone made like a meme without crediting me. Yeah. And stuff. And you know so those e-cards? Like, I'll call them out because shame on them. 
I yeah, think it's like it e-cards so and they're like the little drawings of like people and like with a solid background and they just basically are little like quick little jokes. I was like, I saw that. I was like, that's Jacob's joke or like verbatim. Yeah. yeah it's so frustrating because they do that and they don't put like a, a, you know, they didn't mention that I, that was my joke or like put a date on it or anything. So then I think that got, the meme got really popular. And then some people probably saw that first. So they're like, oh, you stole it. I'm like, no, they <laughs> made that based on my joke. And it was super frustrating um but uh but yeah so that um yeah that was definitely one of my favorite jokes starting out um and in terms of jokes that bomb i mean there's too many to uh, <laughs> keep track of <laughs> i try to i try to blank out those memories but i'm sure there have been a lot of them um now we got to rummage through the journal to find those yeah <laughs> yeah this could take hours to list all of the ones that bombed really hard but eric uh, do you remember any from his journal that would have bombed <laughs> <laughs> no he'd try some out in the apartment when we were living together that were some that didn't work but that's all part of the process it is <laughs> yeah oh man i wish i could yeah i mean there's just so many like it really the bad ones like i mean there's so many bad ones it's like i just don't I, it's hard for me to remember any of my sure. jokes, let alone yeah. the worst ones. We'll just chalk so it up to one of the chalk it up to one of the puns from Punderdome. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, some of those did not land well, um, but, uh, but that's the point of that show, anyway. So <laughs> make them yeah. as bad as possible. Jacob, can you tell people where to find you? Sure. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, like I said, just find me walking around. Feel free to follow me on the street. <laughs> but uh, no, uh, yeah, I think I'm on Instagram at Mr. Jacob Williams, which is also my like Twitter and TikTok now for like videos on there. And um, yeah, I have you a mean YouTube. Mr. Uh, yeah, Mr. Jacob Williams, like <laughs> okay. Mr. But if I say Mr., they might spell oh, it. Oh, like, then they, yeah, E R or something. But right. uh, but I have a YouTube channel and uh, Facebook page and then i started this patreon thing for five dollars a month with like extra videos there's like some material i cut out of the album and things like that and um so yeah those are the main places i hope people will check out the album i think it's like free on pandora if they have spotify and things like that or if they want to buy it or leave or even if you don't want to buy it you can leave a nice review of um it on itunes and amazon music of what you think it sounded like or if you listen to it for free somewhere um and i'm yeah i'm super proud of that i hope people enjoy it and uh yeah yeah check it out unemotional roller coaster by jacob williams uh, i listened to the whole thing and i loved it it was really really funny and uh and, and that's not just me saying that because i know you <laughs> <laughs> yeah thanks. well thanks for being here on the podcast if um if you enjoyed the the this episode uh and you want to learn more about jacob uh you know we'll, we're happy to pass along questions too but uh email us over at uh mindovermagicpodcast at gmail.com. Check us out on the socials at mindmagicpod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, but yeah, thanks so much, Jacob, for being here. Love talking to you. Good to see you again. And yeah, thanks for having me. This was so fun. Good to see you both again. This is awesome. And that's going to be it for us. Great catching up. Thank you. Thanks so much. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye.